You're listening to the Red Diamond Horrier, an Elder Scrolls podcast. Here are your hosts, Bob Chichinsky and Dog Bark 24. Welcome, everyone, to episode 31 of the Red Diamond Courier. I am here with you, as always, Bob Chichinsky, with my good friend, Dog Bark 24 How are you doing this week, Dog? I'm doing great. How is you doing? I am doing good, man. Doing good. Thanks for asking. So, uh, we are here once again to talk about sorcerers this week the almighty magic class powerful storm mastery and summoning mastery as well i guess uh pretty exciting pretty exciting yeah the dark ritualistic and shocking class right ah i see we're gonna have many more shocking puns this week what a shock. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, it's happening. It's infecting me with the pun. Oh god, I was trying to think of like a good, you know, way to say like the pun virus with like a pun, but you know, I need more practice. Yes, yes you do. <laughs> so, before we talk about sorcerers, of course, we're going to get into the news. Dogged, what kind of news we got this week, man? All right, so for news, we have uh, the Stonethorn DLC releasing soon. It'll be August 25th for PC and September 1st for consoles. For the first time, there's only one week waiting period. It's freaking awesome, super exciting, and also for the first time, I'll be there for both releases, so... That's also exciting. Um, yeah, I mean, new dungeons, man. I, I'm a little like, all right, kind of like, yeah, new dungeons, more new dungeons. But I know that the one thing about dungeons, it's like the freaking Fininator is running the dungeons and he always makes them freaking awesome. And I don't know if they weren't as awesome. I don't know if I could do four a year, but man, they always just, they keep knocking it out of the park somehow. Unhollowed Grave and Ice Reach were really good. I hope these ones live up to, you know, the same standards. Yeah, as long as there's no uh, decrepify debuff, I'm, I, I'm sure the dungeons will be great. Yes, that's true. Uh, yeah, that was your favorite thing in Death <laughs> Yes. Making the healer useless in the final boss of a dungeon. Great. <laughs> <laughs> as far as the rest of the news, we don't have too much to go over with you guys. Want to keep it nice and short because we have lots to talk about in our Sorcerer episode for you guys. Um, this actually is our second time recording this. Because, you know, we, uh, both of us, not just me, missed the fact that, you know, there was no recording happening while we were talking. So, uh, yeah, here we are. And we're going through it twice just to make sure that we get you guys the information. 
And, but I did want to say before we go too far into, uh, you know, the episode, um, our friends, podcast, ESO podcast fam, the Lore Seekers, are deciding to uh, move away from Elder Scrolls Online, it seems. They have plans in the future. I don't know if they will remain, you know, the Lore Seekers, if they will seek lore somewhere else, or if they, you know, what they have planned. But I'm excited and, uh, you know, to hear what they've got cooking and sad to see them go they were a big inspiration uh for me listening to podcasts wanting to get something started and i've always thought that they set pretty much the standard for like sound quality and uh consistency every single week they always had an episode very seldom and that's a those are the standards we try to uphold here in the Red Diamond Courier. So, you know, big, big shout outs to them. Jibs and Cash. Congrats on your run, guys. Like they were both on stage, you know, at Bethesda or Zenimax ESO freaking events. Like these guys freaking made it podcasting and it's so awesome. And congrats on everything and good luck in your guys' road ahead. Yep, good luck to you guys. So, with that, let's go on into the current state of Cyrodiil. So, for PCNA Greyhost, we have EP leading with 94k, 80 in second, 81k. And the Daggerfall Covenant, unfortunately in last, at 80.8k, right behind AD, so... Hopefully they could get in second at least. Now, this was three days ago when I got these scores, so it is getting very close to the end of the campaign. If you hear this episode the day it comes out, it may be the last day, so go DC. And as far as the EU side of things go, we have the Daggerfall Covenant in first place, 82K, and the Ebonheart Pact, at 79.5 and second ad in third 79k just 500 behind the Ebonheart pack so daggerfall a bit of a good lead maybe they can hold on to it get a win even if it's eu it's on pc that's exciting that's the it's you know the the main one and stadia pc stadia so dogged what about those xbox scores all right, so for Xbox NA, we have DC in first with 45K. We have EP in second with 27K, and AD in last with 26K. So DC is has a massive lead compared to EP, but AD is shortly behind EP for NA. All right, and then for Xbox EU, we have DC in first with 37K, EP in second with 33K, and AD lasts again but with 30k. So those scores are a little bit more spaced apart, but the last place created first place is, you know, only 7k, so ED still has a chance of catching up. And then there was 19 days after the campaign when I got those scores. Well, with DC leading both of them, how could we possibly be upset about that? That's about as good as it gets. Yep. 
And with that, we can move right on to the PS4 scores, courtesy of the one and only Lotus of Doom, who, by the way, completed every single, um, you know, no death hard mode speed run of all DLC dungeons with his uh, his group the other day. So congrats to those guys. That's pretty freaking cool. I know our group still has a couple because like, man. I don't even want to do Lair of Marcelock. Like, forget that, dude. There's just no point. Like, not even a reward. Yeah, I get that. But those guys persisted through, and that's very impressive. So, you know. Yeah. Although, you that. know, I think you could, you can say all dungeons, because I'm sure if they did all the DLC ones, that they, then they well, probably I- did all the... Uh, you know, oh, yeah, but I mean, who cares about the? I mean, the base game ones. Like, no one's bragging about a hard mode of a base game dungeon. Well, I'm sure somebody is. That's true. So, uh, before we go to, you bring up Lotus. You know, when we start derailing, there you go. <laughs> That's just how it goes. Anyways, um, Unfortunately for Lotus and most of Tamriel, AD is in first in the PS4 NA side of things. Uh, 35.8, 36K. And we got DC right behind them, 35K. Evan Hart packed in last. How about that? They are always leading, especially on PS4 and PC. So uh, interesting to see them in last. Lotus is like, very upset when he sent me that message. He's like, I gotta get back in there, man. This needs to be remedied. Maybe Pixie's in there and he's is she just messing oh. with Lotus now? <laughs> she came from PS4, she could always just go log in and you know push on AD a little bit. So then we also have the EU scores where we have Evan Hart leading 42k. Then we have Daggerfall Covenant in second, 36k. And AD in third at 33k. So I like seeing a lot of DC leading. That's pretty freaking awesome. Half of the campaigns of Greyhouse over all the servers, DC is leading. Yeah, that's a pretty good number for uh, you know DC to be leading. Half of them. could be more, but we can stick with three. So dogged. Let's get right into the sorcerer talk, man. Sorcerers are freaking awesome. They are one of the base game classes. They can be played in any type of role. They're good for PvE and PvP. And uh, yeah, I mean, I know I have plenty of thoughts about uh, sorcerers. What are some of your general thoughts overall about the class, dog? Um. You know, the general overall is a, you know, source can be pretty powerful, especially Mag Sorks. There's a couple times where, like, you know, I just get killed by, like, three crystal frags. And it's like, how do you proc those frags so fast? Like, I can never get mine to proc that fast. Yeah. Um, the healing Sork is fun, only because it pisses Bob off, but it's so fun. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, yeah, that's pretty much about it. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't 
necessarily piss me off for Sorks to heal just because you troll the whole time you do it. You know, there's a difference. Yes, I guess that's true. I guess most healing Sorks don't drop negates or streak around the battlefield. Yeah, I was going to say they drop negates, but they don't just streak the (laughs) entire time. But hey, you're stunning enemies, right? I mean, doing something. In front of me and behind I mean, I can't really (laughs) say no. But um, as far as... No, go ahead. There's a couple times where, you know, my uh, streaking sword was able to evade the uh, orbs of Scale Collar Peak. You know, just I just brought the orbs around town and brought around the boss around town. And we kept that uh, run going only because my sword was able to move around fast. Hey, well, I mean, kudos, I guess. <laughs> you were there. <laughs> well, you know, I'm not saying that I wasn't there. It's just that, you know. <laughs> I, I sometimes I try and forget about the times <laughs> that you succeed on a sword healer. Makes sense. I get it. So as far as you know, source sorcerers for me, I've played a lot of them. You know, having played since you know console day one, um, I've definitely played sorcerers. Like my first one, I remember him. Um, I like I had him and he had gold lips and he was this cool dude and he had this curly mustache. It was super freaking awesome. And he was a PVP sork. And uh, yeah, it was, he was just a legend. And I remember someone came up to me in Ardon and they're like, Hey, butter lips. <laughs> and uh, that forever. <laughs> <laughs> hey, butter lips. <laughs> <laughs> because I had the golden lips. <laughs> oh man, and that's verification. My girl was there. Uh, that happened so many years ago. I kept that character for so long. I'm sad I deleted him, but um, yeah, where he probably didn't want to see his butter lips anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and he had like red hair with like a curly Q mustache. <laughs> Uh, that was my first sork, but yeah, it was a PvP sork, and it was super fun to play with. Mag sork, um, my best sorcerer. I had a uh, pet sork that did serious end game uh, PVE DPS. Um, I won't go too much into builds, just kind of general because we do have the build talk later. But um, yeah, so I've played, you know, PVE. Uh, PvP, the pets work is freaking awesome. Uh, first time doing Maelstrom on Veteran was a pets work. You know, Outcast. Even though, who needs to do uh, full like one bar? You know, you could still do two bars and do more damage. Anyways, Dog clearly is just, you know, uh, so ready to talk about sorcerers right now. So, dog, go ahead, man. Here we go. The first skill tree is all yours. Dark magic. Yeah, I would say that the skill line is pretty dark. <laughs> and, Why wouldn't uh, you say it's magical? 
Oh, it is magical too, but it's also dark. Oh, dark it is dark. magical. <laughs> Alright, so the, for the first skill, you know, you, you have the ultimate, and this is negate magic. You create a globe of magic suppressant for 12 seconds, removing and preventing all enemy AoE abilities from occurring in the area. Enemies within the globe are stunned, while enemy players will be silenced rather than stunned. And then this does not stun almost all bosses in the game. Uh, the only bosses that it does stun is like the little like 300k, 500k bosses or mini bosses that you'll get in like dungeons. That's about it. For morphs, you have suppression field, which uh, damages enemies. Or you have absorption field, which uh, heals you and your allies. So yeah, when I drop negates, they heal people. And you do it all the time. Yeah, whenever I get it, it's negate ready. Yeah, so, and with negate, I mean, Dog Love's using it for healing, and that's freaking cool. But it is also amazing as far as it goes for ruining people's days in PvP. I mean, it's not super great for, you know, going against bosses and PvE or whatever damage-wise just to stop them. Because as Doc said, it doesn't even really bug them. Definitely does not stun them. So you're better off going with some of the other ultimates we'll talk about later. But negate and PvP? Oh, God. So good. It just cancels everything. That. Look, everyone's using some type of magic abilities. Stamina, you know, they've got something on their bar. And it's probably a clutch magic ability because it's on their bar in the first place. Um, but regardless, you you will see bomb groups have negates constantly and you will see bomb groups get destroyed because of negate constantly. So it's a very important skill to have. Yeah, and uh, negates are helpful when I do, you know, my dog pull and pull half the dungeon. And I leave it all right to Bob, and Bob's like, oh no, I'm going to die. And then I drop in the gate after he dies, of course, because that would be too nice. Yep. This is not a lie. I've been there on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes there's a boss there, so he can't even get up. He just sits there and watch. As the head slowly die off. And I'll be like, oh, man, (laughs) I wish that these other two people would revive me because Dog clearly isn't going to. But it's like you paid them off or something. Damn, my phone. They're probably just freaking out like, oh, my God, there's all these ads. What am I going to do? Is I'm just shrieking around. Yeah. Stop paying off the randoms, Dog, to just leave me on the ground. Okay, it's not right. I'm going to have so much editing to do this episode. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So uh, there you go. Continue, man. Crystal shards. All right. So for crystal shards, you will conjure dark crystals to bombard an enemy, dealing 1100 magicka damage. For your morphs, you have crystal blast, which stuns the enemy and deals AOE damage. And then the other morph is crystal fragments, which, uh, other magic, abil- 
other magicka abilities have a chance to make your next crystal frag instant, dealing more damage and cost less. So if you're going to just spam one of the skills, Crystal Blast is definitely the way to go. Especially if you're a low level in dungeons, because it does stun your enemy and it deals AoE damage. And when you're a low level, you don't really get much AoE. And it's nice to have that. So, And then for Crystal Frag, that's kind of like the... Uh, as long as you have a spammable, that's super nice. Even if you don't, it's still super nice because being able to pop that at random times, especially when attacking a boss, it just does a lot of damage. Yeah, and I remember back in the day when you procced your next crystal frag, it would have like this glowing orb around you. But now, just the like the image itself kind of changes. So keep your eye out. Alright, the next skill that we have is in case you call forth Daedric Shards from the Earth to immobilize enemies in front of you for 4 seconds. And then the morphs are Shattering Prison, which deals damage when the effect ends, and Retaining Prison, which you gain major vitality, increases your healing received, and then increases the mobilization duration as the ability rings up. Now for this skill... When uh, when I played this, uh, my uh, pet sork or, is it? Yeah, I think it was a pet sork. I don't know. I don't know what I played it with it in kind, but I uh, I definitely used the encase because it was an annoying immobilization skill, and I just immobilized enemies in front of me all day. Cause there's really nothing, nothing else for me to do. I'd know how to play sork though too, so. Yeah, this is kind of the, you know, DK, or the version of the DK's um, talons. Very similar, at least. And, you know, it makes it effective to be, I'm sure, helpful for, like, a Sork tank, you know, to have a uh, AoE immobilize. It's pretty cool. The uh, next skill we have is Rune Prison. You imprison an enemy in a constricting sphere of dark magic. After short duration, they are stunned for three seconds, and then this stun cannot be blocked. So for more, so you have Rune Cage, which uh, deals damage when the effect ends. And the other morph is Defensive Rune, which you cast a spell on yourself, stunning the next enemy who attacks you. I know the dog uh, loved getting just, you know, Rune Prison down on the time in PvP just a little while ago. I don't know how much as you love getting rune cage and kind all day, every day. It's your favorite thing ever. Hey, man. It was broken, okay? <laughs> a full stamina can't break out of a freaking rune cage. Like, <laughs> okay, sure. And then, it, God forbid, you do break out of it because then they just streak away. But oh my God, I'm getting <laughs> triggered. Getting triggered. I'm just kidding. Please, dog, continue. Oh, defensive rune. Um, that's probably better for like a stam sword to use, but uh, you probably have other skills too. So, or other skills that stun, like dizzy swing. You dizzy swing someone twice, you stun them now. So, it's fine. Yeah, but it's not as good as when you just stunned them. I mean, but crit charge has its stun, right? Well, it's not, it's stampede. I don't know how to play stampedes. Yeah, true. <laughs> 
It's been too long. I know that one of them does that. I'm pretty sure it's Stampede. I sound like a fool now. I should look it up, but it's okay. Someone's yelling at me in their car. That used to be me. Listening to it like robots. Like, no, you're wrong. Okay, continue, Doug. All right, so we have Dark Exchange, which uh, you bargain with darkness to restore 8,000 health and 3,600 magicka instantly, and an additional 2,400 magicka over 20 seconds. And then for your morphs, you have Dark Deal, which reduces the cost and converts magicka into health and stamina instead, and Dark Conversion, which has a reduced cost. So for Dark Deal, that's for your, like, uh, Stamina builds where you use up your magicka for health and stamina. And then for darker version, it's just a better more for magicka. I'll use this uh, skill for my, uh, or when I'm in group, so I can proc uh, the exploitation passive, which uh, we'll talk about a little bit later. Yeah, I mean, it's one of the most interesting heals in the game. And honestly, I haven't got to mess with it enough because I only really use it when I do PvP sorks, which hasn't been often enough. But man, it's like the fact that it can take stamina, give you magicka and health is just freaking, it's crazy. All right. So next up, we have Daedric Mines. Surprise your foes by placing three volatile Daedric Mines around you which take 3 seconds to arm and last for 30 seconds. When a mine is triggered, it explodes, dealing 600 magic damage and immobilizing the enemy for 2 seconds. And then for your morphs, you have Daedric Tomb. You place the mines at a target location instead of around you, and the mines arm instantly. And the other morph is Daedric Minefield, which you place 5 mines around you instead of 3. So, as for this skill goes, I don't think this is like the most popular skill except for like you'll see it in like dragon star arena you'll see like one of the bosses drop the uh daedric mines that you don't want to go in because if you do it's pretty much like a one shot almost takes like most of your health away and someone shoots you with an arrow then oh you're dead yeah the mines are definitely like i feel like i see them like in pvp probably more than anything I mean, I've honestly never really used them that much myself. When it comes to the stuns on the, uh, you know, Sork, you know, well, Crystal Frags used to stun. Now you got to use Crystal Blast. But Crystal Blast is still an awesome stun, and um, and Case is freaking awesome too, so... Dark Exchange, it's nice because if they do hit it or they get knocked into it too, it can deal a lot of damage. But with that, we are going to go ahead and move right on to the passives. So for the passives of the first skill tree, Dark Magic, we have Unholy Knowledge, which reduces the health, magic, and stamina costs of your abilities by 6%. And I don't need to tell you how freaking awesome that is to have as your class ability. Because um, Bretons, Red Guards, the whole awesome part of their race, they get an 8% reduction in magic or stamina, respectively. So pair that with this. Woo! Then you've got Blood Magic, 
which when you hit an enemy with a directly applied dark magic ability, which, you know, we're talking crystal frags, we're talking uh, room prison and case, we're talking daedric mines, any of these abilities. When you hit an enemy with a directly applied dark magic ability, you heal for 874 health. This effect scales off your maximum health and can occur once every 0.5 seconds. So, yeah, there you go. Health back literally every time you deal direct damage with one of these abilities. And that's every half second. So, I mean, pretty freaking often. I don't even know if you could cast some of these abilities in between a half second. I mean, so the next one, we have persistence after blocking an attack. Your next health, magicka, or stamina ability costs 15% less. So if uh, blocking is your thing, and it's really big for PvP sorks, you know, they'll be able to get their blocks off and uh, really mitigate their incoming damage while also increasing the reduction of costs that they already have uh, paired with like unholy knowledge, and you know, if they're running a Breton or a Red Guard, they could have insane cost reduction at this point. And so that's just that's an awesome passive, as long as you're keeping your blocks up. Because especially if you're a PvP sort, people are coming at you all the time. So if you block some of those attacks, you proc this. Then the last one, we have Exploitation. When you cast a Dark Magic ability, you grant Minor Prophecy to you and your group, increasing your spell critical by 1320 for 20 seconds. And, dog, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think there's a lot of ways to get Minor Prophecy. Nope, this is one of the only ways to do it. The only other way is to use uh, like some kind of poison. But, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. Like, especially the fact that you give it to your entire group. Like, it really, really makes a difference. One of the many reasons it's nice to have a sorcerer in your group. So, Dog, what do you think about all these uh, passives in the first skill tree? I like exploitation a lot because it's, you know, it applies to your group and it's like pretty much the only way how you can apply it to your group or the only way like most group members will be able to get it. So that's always good. The uh, unholy knowledge where it reduces your health, magic of stamp cost is awesome. Uh, the blood magic where like you do damage with your dark magic ability you heal yourself i was like self-healing so yeah pretty good passives yeah i would agree with that so with that let's get on to the second skill line daedric summoning so for the ultimate of daedric summoning we have the summon storm atronach ultimate you see this everywhere sorcerers dropping down a freaking storm atronach out of the sky stuns everything in sight starts zapping things it's freaking awesome and uh yeah 
It's a sorcerer ultimate. So you're going to summon an immobile storm Atronach at the target location. Its arrival deals 795 shock damage and stuns enemies for three seconds. The Atronach zaps the closest enemy, dealing 400 shock damage every one second. An ally near the Atronach can activate the Charge Lightning Synergy, granting the ally and the Atronach Major Berserk, increasing their damage done by 25% for eight seconds. This skill has two morphs. The Greater Storm Atronach, which increases the health and duration of said Atronach, and the Summon Charged Atronach morph, which reads that the Atronach gains a powerful area of effect attack. So you could pretty much have it do a decent amount of damage, last longer, and have more health overall, or you could have it do extra damage with more AoE. And it's only AoE on the base skill at first when it drops down and stuns everyone in a certain radius that you cast it upon. After that, it's just shocking one person at a time. So it's nice to have that extra AoE attack, but it's also nice to have it out there for longer. So both are, you know, good. And, uh, you know, you could play with either of them to see which really gives you more damage the way you play with it. Yep, and like I think like the you know the awesome thing about this is that you know you synergize it for the major berserk. But you know, whenever I play my uh sword healer, Bob never synergizes my uh That's not true. No, you never do. It's always great. No, because you're always casting the gate. Well, that's why I cast from the gate because no, you never synergize no, no, it. Like, hey, someone has to synergize this, no. and no one ever synergizes it. And Graham's like, "Well, I guess I was synergizing." I'm like, "Thank you, Grand. I'm gonna start dropping the gates now." Well, maybe you should cast it in a more appropriate location, like kind of in between the boss and the DPS, instead of directly on the boss. Or right. sometimes I drop it right on top of you. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> and, and yeah, for you to right. see it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, maybe he'll God. synergize it, and then Solo will come up. It's like, oh, I'll synergize this, and she synergizes it, and it's like, wow, I dropped this on Bob, and Bob didn't synergize. Not a time where all three, <laughs> all four of us have played an RN game group, and you were sork healing. But we were doing, I don't know what, we were doing pledges or something. Yeah, okay, yeah, sure. You <laughs> keep thinking about that there, dog. Maybe you'll remember eventually. <laughs> but anyways, as far as the first skill, you're going to be looking at Summon Unstable Familiar. This is going to be your first pet you can bring up as a sorcerer. And the skill reads, Command the powers of Oblivion to send a Daedric Familiar to fight at your side. The familiar's attack deals 145 shock damage. Once summoned, you can activate the familiar's special ability for 3,500 magic damage, dealing 410 shock damage every 2 seconds for 10 seconds for a total of about 2,040 shock damage, a little more maybe, to enemies near him. The familiar remains until killed or unsummoned. 
And you've got two morphs, and they differ. You have a summon unstable clan fear. So you're going to get a clan fear instead of a scamp. And this one reads that you summon a clan fear. Once summoned, you can activate the clan fear's special ability to heal you and the clan fear. The clan fear's basic attacks now scale off your max stamina. And this was a long requested thing to get that to scale off stamina because Stam Sorks, this would be kind of a popular thing among them. Not every Stam Sork runs it, but it's a good heal and it's a great um, like replacement to Vigor if that's not really your thing. And Clan Fears, like when you have a pet out, especially in PvP, it could kind of get in the way of you and your attacker every now and again. So. Hey, every, you know, benefit or, you know, advantage you could get on your opponent, I'm all about it. So there's that. And they've changed that recently to a lot of, you know, celebration from Stamp Sorks. Anyways, with the second morph, we have the Summon Volatile Familiar, which you're going to get another Scamp. It's an upgraded Scamp, and you summon him. Once summoned, you can activate the familiar's special ability to pulse area damage and stun enemies. So this is really awesome because you could get a good stun going on. He runs around, and uh, it's AoE. So if he goes to a good group, he could get a stun off. Does a good deal of damage. It's really, it's good. So as your first pet, you have a lot of options there. And honestly, it's nice. It's a good way to go. And it's a solid first bet for the sorcerer. Yeah, for a you know my sword killer, I thought that you know the clan fear would be a would be a good choice for it. But after like you know reading through it and actually trying it out, I realized that it only heals me and the pet, and not anyone else. I was able to take that pet off. I only burned one pet for my sword killer. And following that, we're going to have Daedric Curse, where you curse an enemy with a destructive rune, dealing 1,026 magic damage to the target and 472 magic damage to all over nearby enemies after six seconds. You can have only one Daedric Curse active at a time. So it's really nice because clearly... You do extra damage and to a specific target. Now, when you morph it, it gets really awesome because Daedric Prey, which reduces the cost and your pets deal additional damage to the cursed target. So this is a morph where when you put it on a selected enemy, it's really going to get your pets to focus on them and it's going to do all kinds of extra damage to them. So. It's really awesome and definitely a staple for any pet sorcerer build. Then you have Haunting Curse, where the curse will continue to haunt the enemy and explode a second time. So extra damage and maybe better if you're not doing a pet build in particular. Now following that, we have the Summon Wing Twilight skill, which reads that you call on Azura to send a Wing Twilight to fight at your side. The Wing Twilight Zap deals 245 shock damage, and its kick does the same. 
Once summoned, you can activate the Wing Twilight special ability for 4590 Magicka, causing it to heal the Wing Twilight and one other friendly target for 2465 health. The Wing Twilight remains until killed or unsummoned, as they all freaking should, and for the most part, do. So, as always, you have two morphs for this skill. For the first one, you're looking at Summon Twilight Tormentor, and the new effect is that you summon a Twilight Tormentor, which deals higher damage. Once summoned, you can activate the Twilight Special ability to grant it a damage bonus to high health enemies. And when it says to high health enemies, it means over 50%. So, um, you pull it out once, and then you only need to cast its extra ability when you're DPSing until it's down to 50%. And that's going to get you the most benefit out of this. So it's really important to make sure that you stop casting it because you'll be wasting magic. You're not getting anything special. As long as your pet's up, it's doing attack damage in the first place. So after that, we do have one other morph. The Summon Twilight Matriarch, and the new effect on that is that once summoned, you can activate the Twilight's special ability to heal the Matriarch and up to two other friendly targets. So we have a friend that runs this in PvP a lot and uh, just heals like crazy, heals us honestly pretty crazy. It's, it's good. It's not something I would really expect to see myself running, but... You know, there's def clearly people that make it work for sure, and it's a it's a good skill in its own way. Yeah, it's definitely a really very underrated skill because its heal is pretty decent. It's like almost breath of life on par. Like it's a it's a really good burst heal, especially in like dungeon stuff where your healing isn't you know massively reduced. So. Having a lot of magic and spell damage just buffs it up. So, mm -hmm. so for the next skill, we have Conjured Ward, which reads that you conjure globes of Daedric energy for protection, granting a damage shield for you and your pets that absorbs 2465 damage for six seconds. The damage shield strength caps at 50% of your maximum health. Now, this is, once again, a staple skill. It's going to be all across Sork builds. The Sork shield is very freaking awesome. And uh, it doesn't last too long, but it's a very powerful shield, capping at about 50% of your overall health. If you go somewhere 30,000, you're talking about 15,000. Even if you only have 20,000 health, that's 10,000 shield. That's pretty nice to have. Now, for the first morph, we have Hardened Ward. And the damage shield absorbs more and has a higher cap value. So you have even a better chance of this lasting longer and longer. And then we have Empowered Ward that reduces the cost, increases the duration, and also grants you and your allies minor intellect, which uh, increases your magic recovery by 10%, 10 seconds. So that's pretty nice. And I mean, 
helps your allies too, which is a good thing for the sort class. So it's a nice shield. Yeah, I definitely uh, prefer that version of the shield. Mainly because, like, you know, uh, I mean, having a, the longer shield's always nice, but having minor intellect, that uh, extra magic recovery, just means I, could, I can streak more and sooner. So that's, that's always fun. Yeah, classic. Dogman is streaking. So for the last skill of this tree, we have Bound Armor. Protect yourself with the power of Oblivion. Creating a suit of Daedric Mail that increases your block mitigation by 36% for three seconds. A big thing is well slotted, your max magicka is increased by 5%. Now the more so this recently got a stamina update, and now it converts into a stamina ability. Light and heavy attacks summon bound weapons that can be used to attack your current target. No longer grants block mitigation, but light attacks deal more damage while slotted. And this is the Bound Armaments version. And if you go to uh, Bound Aegis, the other morph, it now passively grants minor resolve, which increases your physical resistance and spell resistance, and increases the amount of damage you can block as the ability ranks up. So that's pretty awesome. Both of them are awesome, honestly, for a Sork. Very helpful if you're trying to do, uh, you know, some Sork tanking kind of stuff. And yeah, you know, even for like uh, doing Maelstrom on, you know, pet Sorks, etc. Yeah, the uh, main thing with this skill is that this has to be like, well, it doesn't have to be, but it should be on your like front bar or whatever bar you use the most because, well, I mean, yeah, if you want to have or you want to have the most use out of that extra eight percent magico or stamina, depending on the morph, it has to be on like the front bar or both bars. But you probably don't want that on both of your bars. And then for bound, I guess if you want the uh, minor resolve, it definitely has to be on your main bar. Otherwise, you lose that uh, extra resistance as well. All right. So uh, for the passes, we have rebate. Which uh, you restore 1450 Magicka when one of your Daedric summoning pets is killed or unsummoned. For uh, PvE, you really won't see your pets dying. So the only thing that will die will be your uh, charge Actionaut if you use that one. And then, but for PvP, if, you're, if someone kills your pets, which I always do try to kill pets because they are always in the way. Um, you'll get Magicka back for it, so you can resummon it sooner. Uh, the next up, we have Power Stone, which reduces the ultimate. Uh, the next passive you have is Power Stone, which reduces the cost of your ultimate abilities by 15%. The third passive is Daedric Protection, which increases your health and stamina recovery by 20%. And then... The third passive is Daedric Protection, which increases your health and stamina recovery by, by 20% while you have a Daedric Summoning ability slotted. And then you have Expert Summoner, which increases your max health by 8% while you have a Daedric Summoning pet active. So pretty much if you have a pet on your bar or if you're just running a pet, you 
get access to or you get an extra eight percent health and you get an extra twenty percent health and stamina recovery just for having a pet active or on your bar so that's always cool good yeah that's definitely good a lot of good things to help those pet builds so dog we have one freaking skull tree left here before we start uh, going on about some builds or uh, you know concepts etc why don't you get into it here and i'll uh, go over the passives when you're ready all right so this uh, skill line is called the storm calling so you're gonna hear a lot you know weather-based stuff and first off we have the overload which is the ultimate and charge your fists with the power of the storm replacing your light and heavy attacks with new stronger abilities light attacks become lightning bolts dealing 821 shock damage to an enemy up to 28 meters away and your heavy attacks blast enemies in a 4x6 area for 739 shock damage. Attack, and then these attacks deplete your ultimate until you run out or the ability is toggled off. And then for more, you have power overload, which increases the range of light attacks and radius of heavy attacks. Or you have energy overload, which restores Magicka. Overall, um, I definitely see the uh, power overload used a lot in like Battlegrounds. Especially in battlegrounds, because I LC I die by just light attacks, and that'll be like the only thing on my death recap, or maybe light attacks and like a crystal frag or something. Like, and yeah, it can be pretty annoying. Did you see that? I'm like, <sighs> yeah, definitely a big PvP thing, no doubt. Yes. Uh, the first skill you have is Mage's Fury. You call down lightning to strike an enemy, dealing 307 shock damage. If the enemy falls to or below 20% health within 4 seconds of being struck, an explosion deals an additional 1,000 shock damage to them and 200 shock damage to other enemies nearby. And then for more, she have Mage's Wrath, which increases the AoE damage to other enemies. And then Endless Fury, which restores Magicka if target dies within 5 seconds of being hit. This skill is also used a lot in PvP, especially the Mage's Wrath skill. Actually, both more, I see both morphs in PvP. What about you, Bob? What do you see? Yeah, I, I see a lot of it in PvP. I mean, it's very effective and it gets spammed far too much. <laughs> yes, in PvP. Yeah, I mean, in PvE, it's not so worth it to have any bar for like a pet sword. Because you already have two freaking slots being taken up by these huge pets, but it's can be really effective. I mean, nah, but I've been killed by this a billion times. Like, it's a great execute, especially when you're in PvP and you're fighting the guy and you just like, oh, he's low. I just need that one extra hit. Boom. Especially if you have bloodthirsty jewelry. Oh, yeah. You see, for uh, you know the sort that I play, the healer sort, you know I put this on my bar, and it seems to be a great execute for uh, you know for bosses too. All right, so for the next ability, you have a lightning form. You manifest yourself as pure lightning, zapping nearby enemies with electricity, dealing 81 shock damage every one second for 15 seconds, 
And while in this form, you gain a uh, major resolve, which increases your physical and spell resistance by 5280. So I'd say this is a pretty electrifying skill, wouldn't you say, Bob? I'm shocked at the electrifyingness, honestly. <laughs> they are amazing. Yeah. Everyone agrees, right? right? Well, your puns are just so amazing. <laughs> I guess, yep, yeah, there we go. The first morph of this skill is Hurricane. This uh, converts into a stamina ability and deals physical damage. It increases size and damage the longer it is active. And then it grants minor expedition while active. So you're moving pretty fast. And then I guess you could say this would rock uh, those stand builds like a hurricane. Rock it like a hurricane. I see, Bob got it. <laughs> All right, and then the next morph is uh, Boundless Storm. And this increases the duration, and you gain major expedition for a brief period. I think it's like five seconds. Um, and yeah, major expedition means you can run faster. And as you run faster, you can wait for your streak to slowly, uh, for your streak, a uh, debuff cooldown to slowly go down so you can streak more without that nasty... Uh, extra 33% cost. That's always good. Alright, so the next skill is Lightning Splash. You create a nexus of storm energy at the target location, dealing 122 shock damage to enemies in the area every one second for 10 seconds. An ally standing within the nexus can activate the conduit synergy, dealing 795 shock damage to enemies around them. And then for... Morph, you have Liquid Lightning, which lasts for 14 seconds instead of 10 seconds, which is way too long now that they mess with like the way that AOEs work. And this morph is like a year or a year and a half even out of date. So, And then the other morph is uh, Lightning Flood, which increases the radius and damage. And still lasts for 10 seconds. So you get it hits more targets and it does more damage. I think it's a pretty good idea that you want to go for Lightning Flood as the morph. Or if you're just too lazy to, you know, cast it for more than 10 seconds. But Yeah, it's a, definitely the way to go, especially if you're doing like PvE DPS, no doubt. All right, the next ability is Surge. You invoke Meridia's name to gain major brutality and... Major Stork, er, increasing your weapon damage and spell damage by 20% for 33 seconds. While active, dealing crit damage heals you for 2,500 health, and this effect can occur once every second. And then for more, we have Power Surge, which the heal now heals an area around you, but with a longer cooldown, which is 3 seconds, and only triggers off of crit healing. And then the other morph is the crit surge, which increases the healing that you get from the ability. So whenever you do crit damage, you get more healing. Yeah, and definitely some of the uh, most popular, you know, morphs and base skills out there for Sorks. I mean, this is where they get a lot of their healing done, and they always, you know, you see Sorks turn on high crit builds for this reason, because they get portion of health back. And then the last skill is my favorite skill, which is, you know, Bolt Escape. Transform yourself into pure energy 
and flash forward, stunning enemies near your final location for 3 seconds. This effect cannot be blocked, but casting it again within 4 seconds costs 33% more magicka. And yes, if you cast it 3 times in a row, it's going to cost more and more and more and more and more magicka each time. So, you definitely can't just be like, oh, I'm going to spam this 7 times. And you have like still have a lot of magicka. No. If you use it seven times, you're gonna be out of magicka and be regretting your decisions. <laughs> I would know. Because I've done it. For morphs, we have a streak, which uh stuns the enemies behind you and scales off your highest offensive stats. And the other morph is Ball of Lightning, which absorbs projectiles and grants brief snare and immobilize immunity after casting, but no longer stuns the enemies. So I just like to use Shriek because, well, Shriek's annoying. Um, you'll see Sorks and PvP always running it. And, you know, you get them low and they'll Shriek a mile away. And, yeah, you can't really catch a Sork with Shriek. Not without, like, a lot of people. Pretty much still to this day, there's no real way to stop them. I mean, it slows them down a little bit the way they you know, made it cost more, but not that much. Yeah. Now, as for passives of this last skill tree here, we have Capacitor, which increases your magic recovery by 10%. Energize, which increases your physical and shock damage by 5%. Amplitude, increases your damage done against enemies by 1% for every 10% current health they have so if they have 10 you know 100 health 100 percent, then you're going to be increasing your damage done against them by 10 percent. so and it will slowly go down as you continue to beat on them then we have expert mage that increases your weapon damage and spell damage by two percent for each sorcerer ability slotted so what you're saying is that if you're a magicka sword and you were to load up your bar with all sork abilities, uh, that you'd have high uh, spell damage. Yeah. Especially that is you exactly use, uh, what I'm saying. You know, if you use crit surge, so they get major sorkery. Sorkery, yes, yeah. dog. That is exactly. <laughs> but yes, you get it, man. You get what I'm saying. Yeah. Sorks just have great passives, honestly. Like, they're very in tune with, uh, you know, what anyone's trying to do. Like, if you're doing any of the roles, there's just passives, specific passives that help you. Yeah, I would say that, you know, the Sork passives are pretty shocking. So shocking. Who would have ever <laughs> guessed? The dog would say shocking eight times. So, so anyways. As always, we've got you through the classes. We want to take our little break. We don't got a lot left for you guys, but we do have some build talk we wanted to go over. And uh, yeah, so as always, here we are letting you know we are part of the freaking awesome Robots Radio Podcast Network, where you can find us and many other great shows at robotsradio.net. So check out this show right here since the dawn of time there have been storytellers who teach through their stories 
These myths give rise to fundamental truths, and these truths shape our collective experience. Yet these myths are not something of the past, and today they engage us more fully in the story itself. Video games allow us to live the lives of our favorite myths. My name is Blue Crew 86, host of Focus Fire Chat, and I want to invite you to explore our modern-day myths with us. Join with us as we explore the stories, the mythologies of the Destiny franchise, as well as other games. Let's explore together. All right, so we have gone over all the different skills that you could, uh, you know, do and all the passives that can help you as a Sork. So we don't want to uh, belabor you guys too much longer. We always kind of go into what we feel about the skills. But I know the dog is just dying to talk about his uh, sorcerer healer. And then I'll talk about some of my sorcerers and we'll wrap it up. So uh, dog, go ahead. Builds sorcerer healing. Let us know what's up. Yeah, well, for my sword healer, you know, I want to kind of go over like some of the skills and the ults that I use and why I use them. But yeah, for ults, you know, absorption field, a healing negate, you know, that's awesome. The uh, summon charge, uh, Atronach, that's always good for uh, the major berserk. And then, you know, you always have to stick with the uh, replenishing barrier because having a massive damage shield is always helpful. As for uh, skills, um, I use like crystal frags if I wanted to be like more of a damage healer role. Uh, dark conversion to use stamina and to get the uh, passive proc so everyone gets a minor extra magicka crit. I use the summon twilight for the burst heal, the empowered ward for the shield and then minor and elect to the group. Endless fury because it's kind of like an execute. And it does give me back Magicka if, if I put it on an enemy. So that's good. That's also kind of more towards like a damage uh, healer role. Uh, Boundless Storm, that's my source of uh, major resistances. I also get major expedition, so I run faster and I can streak more. Uh, Lightning Flood, that's the uh, you know AoE and with the Conduit Synergy. I think that's probably like a must-have. Crit Surge gives you major sorcery, so you get, like, more, uh, you know, your heals are fatter. That's always good. And then, you know, you got to save the best heal for last, which is Streak. You know, it stuns, it cannot be blocked, but, yeah, it stuns, it cannot be blocked. I mean, that's just, you know, the greatest thing you can ever do. And then some, like, non-sorc skills that are always good is, I like the Illustrious Healing, which is the AoE heal. From the resto staff and radiating regeneration which is eop heal over time for three people and energy orb because it you, i mean sorks don't have you know uh, blazing shards for like the templar suit so you have to give uh resources back to your friends somehow um efficient purge because it's always useful to have a but like a purge or cleanse for a certain uh, fights, especially in a VDSA and other dungeons. And then last but not least, charging maneuver, because 
You know, you can run faster, ride faster, great for pulling the entire dungeon and waiting for that street cooldown to wear off, and all that awesomeness. And then for, you know, sets, I use Bright Throat, Earth Gore, and Winter's Respite, which Winter's Respite is good for the extra AoE heal. Earth Gore is... Earth Gore will always be my favorite set. I don't care how, how much they nerf it, it'll always be my favorite set. And then Bright Throat Boast, I mean, like I said, I like to streak. <laughs> so, yeah. That pretty much, uh, you know, wraps up my uh, Sword Healer build. And you have classic dog then his uh healing sork. It's got us through some times and it's got me into some times where it's like dog, I swear to god <laughs> if you log into that build again. <laughs> yep, you see me you see me log into that character and you're like <sighs> like I hear your like moans and not moan. I hear your sighs of uh you know, of disappointment, yeah. Yeah, that's definitely that's pretty much the exact way to sum it up. Yeah, be like I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed, and it's like I can live with that. <laughs> yes, and streak about. But so as dog is healing, um like I said, I've had many different sort builds, some PvP. Um people get really crazy with sorks in PvP. Of course, neck protons and bright throats and neck protons, crafty alfeek, all very, very, very meta, you know, PvP builds to hop into. More magic that you have, the more damage you do. And for Stam Sorks, they wear all kinds of stuff. Uh, me and Dog have both never really played a Stam Sork, so. Unfortunately, we don't really have too much knowledge to drop on that. But as far as PVE DPS, I did get pretty versed in the Magsorg. And my highest DPS on it, Petsorg, I was pushing like 45k. I was wearing Infallible Aether with um, probably False God, I think. If not, it was Sororia. Uh, if not, it was Sororia. But yeah, so you know, I loved that pet's work and it got me through the fang lair, hard mode, no death, etc. Uh probably scale caller too, all those really and then the necro came out and I had to start all over on that again, but started over a lot of times in this game, so it's not that big of a deal. But anyways, yeah, and I still love that sork and I have it, it has all those awesome titles, etc. Um, they do great damage, and with their shields and their mitigation, great ways to, you know, just great survival. And if you are newer, I would say it's definitely, probably along with the Templar, one of the easiest classes to pick up and go, I'd say, as far as base classes at least. So, yeah, me and Dog, we go over so much while we're going over these skills. I don't want to belabor you guys too much. It's been quite the episode, but hope you guys enjoyed at least. I know that uh, another class episode is something we've looked forward to doing for a while. Yeah, so. And I'm pretty much pulling an arc in here, and, you know, while well, everyone entails really just falling asleep at this point. <laughs> like, 
I'm trying, man. I gotta work tomorrow and edit this thing. It's funny because it's like, oh yeah, we're gonna get episodes out earlier in the week, and then literally we had one of the roughest weeks trying to get an episode out that we've ever had. So yeah, uh, it's been a week, and it's been a month, honestly. You know, we're ready for August to be over. So we got exciting things coming in September. It's gonna be a good month, and. Episodes are going to be out early in the week, and it's time to be so hard for us to prepare. And, you know, when me and Dog, you know, work 10-hour days and then come record, it's like, oh, man, it's tough. So we want to be, you know, lively for you guys, and we want to record things the first try and not have to do it two days later. <laughs> so anyways, we thank you guys for sticking around with us. Uh, Hope we filled as much info as you can about Sorks. There's so many awesome Sork builds out there. Um, if you don't think you'll ever beat Veteran Maelstrom, go try Alcast's one bar Sork build. I mean, there's so many powerful Sorcerer builds. They're just awesome and a lot of fun to run. And I would recommend definitely giving Sorcerers a try. So. Dog, before I just keep rambling about sorcerers, why don't you tell these people where they can find us? All right. You can find us on Twitter of at Red Diamond Cast. You can find us on our Facebook page of The Red Diamond Courier. You can find us in our Xbox field of Heirs of the Red Diamond, which you could join from the Robots Radio Discord found on robotsradio.net. And if you check our show notes accompanying the episode, you can see where we have links to our music producer, Daniel Nisley, as well as our merch store. We could get all kinds of awesome Red Diamond swag, plus links to both of our sponsors, Loot Crate and Gamefly. Where Loot Crate, you could get a 10% off discount off your first order. And Gamefly, you could get a free month for subscribing for your first month for only $10. Two months, $10. So, yeah, make sure you click those links to make sure that they know we sent you there. And they'll even give a bit of a kickback to me and Dog, and we can feel like we're legends making money for podcasting. So, anyways, thank you guys so much for the support, as always. Thank you guys for hanging out. Dog, if people want to yell at your face, where can they find you? If they wanted to yell at my face, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Bajinsky. But, uh, no, but really, it's underscore Chichinsky. Oh, Bob underscore right. Chichinsky. Right. There you go. But uh, no, you can find me at dog bark twenty four. You can tell me about how awesome my puns are, or you can find me on Xbox of dog bark twenty four as well. And yeah, I've been playing a lot of Red Dead and ESO less, but that'll probably change with the uh, well starting in September when uh new update drops or the new patch or dlc how about you bob where can they find you they want to come yell at your face well they can find me as always on xbox at bob chinsky and now much more often on esopc at bob underscore chinsky and that's also going to be where you find me on twitter and twitch bob underscore chinsky so thank you guys as always for coming and hanging out 
We hope you guys enjoyed our sorcery episode. We have a freaking patch notes episode coming up next week. Very exciting. Everyone loves patch notes. Um, third time we get to talk about them. We only get to talk about them four times a year. So very exciting patch notes, patch notes, patch notes. Um, we will talk to you guys next week. New DLC. Everyone have a good one. Yep. See ya. to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Ahoy there, ye landlubbers. Avast. My name is Captain Logan, and I'll be your guide out on the Sea of Thieves. If you love the idea of stealing treasure, cutting down cursed skeletons, fighting off krakens, and raiding forts filled to the brim with shinies, then Sea of Thieves is the game for you. Join me each week as I dive into the news and bring back the nuggets of information that any sailor worth their weight in salt would desire. You don't have to be a pirate legend to gain access to my podcast. Just search for Keelhauled, a Sea of Thieves podcast in your podcast app of choice or head over to robotsradio.net or captainlogan.podbeam.com and get ready to set sail for adventure. Arrgh.